Hello and welcome to TV Watch, a podcast from Digital TV Europe, looking at the biggest news and trends in the worlds of broadcasting, streaming and everything else to do with the TV industry in Europe and further afield. I'm Jonathan Easton, Deputy Editor of Digital TV Europe and on today's show I speak with Nent Group Chief Content Officer Philippa Wallerstam about the growth of the company's streaming service Viaplay and how it is leaning on its Nordic roots to expand into new markets. There are few more positive stories in European broadcasting than that of Nordic Entertainment Group, NENT for short. The company has heavily invested in a digital-first strategy over the past few years and has come to dominate its local Nordic markets due to a combination of original series, acquired content and a portfolio of premier sports rights. Such is the confidence held by Nent Group that it recently raised its Viaplay subscriber target from 10.5 million to 12 million by 2025. And while it has warned that losses will be higher in the short term, an analysis from Berenberg backs the company to deliver the results that accompany these increased ambitions. Joining me now to discuss the success of Viaplay, along with its expansion plans, is Philippa Wallerstam, Chief Content Officer at Nent Group. I thought I'd just ask as a starter, just to see how the year has been so far for Viaplay. I know that 2020 was a very tumultuous year for everyone, and there was so much growth in SVOD, so... How have things been for you guys? Yes, as you say, uh, 2020 was a bit of a mixed year uh, because on the one hand, uh, we were, of course, challenged like everyone else in terms of our productions. And we had to rethink a lot of the plans. But the sort of uh, positive side in the Nordics versus the rest of the world was that we were actually still able to produce. So even though we had to change plans and and reshuffle, uh, we still produced in Sweden all the way across uh, in Norway and Denmark with some uh, short kind of pauses. So that's helped us now that we actually uh, come out stronger than many of our competitors. But of course, 2020 for us, on the other hand, was a fantastic year for Viaplay. So the, the growth was phenomenal. And we also managed to get the show's travel uh, more than, than usual. So that was a mixed year uh, challenge, but also super exciting. 2021 has been more of the latter. <laughs> Very, very exciting. The productions are now much more up to speed across all markets, I should say. We started a little bit thinner than I would have liked as kind of a natural effect of COVID. We didn't have as many productions in Norway and Denmark as I would have hoped to launch. But now this fall, it really feels like we are back to where we need to be uh, in terms of launching uh, our own productions. And um, we, I say like we are really back now also with the Norwegian and Danish uh, production. So we are launching now actually the second season of an extremely strong Danish show called Face to Face. And that we are extremely excited about. And uh, we're also launching some very exciting Norwegian projects, Furia being the first. And in Sweden, we are super strong, but that we have been kind of all all the way through but we're actually also launching a very exciting project that is uh, sort of um, half Swedish half uh, English uh, that is called Threesome uh, and it actually played out in London with uh, mixed cast so that one we're very excited about and in terms of growth we are doing really well and of course 2021 is you know last but definitely probably most important the year of the expansion so we have entered uh, the uh, Baltics, uh, we entered in Poland, 
in the beginning of August, and we are now full speed ahead preparing for our our US launch. So it's an extremely exciting year for us. So we'll we'll talk a bit about the expansion in a short while, but I just wanted to to kind of look at Bioplay's growth and the history of of the platform and how it's really become such a force in the Nordic region. So I guess the history, what we've done is that we have, how how do I explain it? I guess we foresee a long time ago, uh, the future growth of SVOD. And we've actually done the sort of classic, uh, probably accelerated the shift, which you can say is challenging uh, being in a position we are in, because of course we also have extremely strong linear presence and more traditional TV in all of our Nordic markets. So that I know is something that other players have struggled with a little bit. Like, how do you decide uh, how to how to uh, uh, you know show your shows, etc. We saw a long time ago that uh, SVOD was uh, sort of uh, the the future and have been working towards that uh, for a long time. That is the biggest thing I would say. In the beginning, Viaplay was very much driven by the strong studio relationships that we had. It was very much driven by, uh, you know, U.S. studios. We we are holding the uh, strongest deals with pretty much all of the U.S. Uh, players. And over time, we've shifted. I think we foresee very early as well that um, the future is going to be own-produced content. Uh, so we started producing really accelerated, uh, you know, in terms of the, the, our own productions on the scripted side sort of uh, five, six years ago. Uh, and that I'm very grateful for now <laughs> when when we are. And I think, you know, the first time in 2016 or 2017, when our CEO went out and said publicly, we are going to launch 20 Viaplay originals in a year in the Nordics. Most people thought that we were crazy. And now we've continued to increase that ambition. So for this year, we set the ambition that we were going to launch 40 uh, Viaplay um, productions. And it's actually going to be 50. Uh, when when we include documentaries. So we have continued to accelerate our ambitions. Also, not being scared of the change. I think that is very important, that I know many of our European sort of equivalents are a little bit more challenged with. We know that because, of course, we speak uh, a lot <laughs> with, with also other players. And we often ask, sort of, but how do you decide? Like, if you have a tentpole show, you know, how do you decide? Do you air it on Viaplay or do you air it on your linear channels? And we are following a motto where we're always premiering via play. And that's very clear to the whole organization. So would you say that that's uh, an issue, not an issue so much, but uh, a topic of conversation that you've seen going on across Europe of traditional broadcasters assessing their digital strategies, but you've really got it sorted. Not, yeah, not, not, not asking you to name names or anything. No, 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 no. And I, But I guess that is the most natural question. Like how, uh, if you have a profitable, uh, healthy, linear business, how much do you want to premiere uh, SVOD? And that decision we made long time ago. And we are sticking very, very rigidly to that um, that strategic decision. And I mean, sort of, we went through sort of uh, uh, ups and downs and discussions around this internally as well uh, in the early years, uh, I should say. Uh, I think now it's it's pretty clear for the whole organization. It doesn't mean that we don't invest in linear and we don't prioritize our linear channels. We definitely do. But we have figured out how different people want to watch different things and, and how we can uh, work with that to uh, promote and push via play. And then on top of that, you've also got this huge portfolio of sports rights, which doesn't hurt, does it? 
<laughs> of course, the sports is that is kind of our DNA and our heritage as well. Uh, we have been uh, producing world class sports uh, studios and captured like most of the rights for an extremely long time. Uh, we were the longest holder, I think, for, for for Champions League as an example. So that's, of course, the DNA. But we've also the other thing that we have also been producing local unscripted shows for 30 years. We are, we are using that, we're leveraging that. So you can say, you know, when was Wireplay born? You can actually say it was kind of born when we started with the those productions 30 years ago. And then we've just evolved uh, over, over time into how people want to consume media today. So it, I, th- I guess it's really unique, the combination that we have now on Wireplay, where you have, of course, the sports is kind of a very important backbone. Then all of the content we produce ourselves, I talked about the scripted shows, but we also produce a lot of unscripted shows locally in our market. That's very important. And it's also sets us a little bit aside from other global SVOD players that are not doing so much uh, on the unscripted side. And then, of course, we still do have a lot of uh, acquired strong shows. So our ambition is really to offer the full package, something for everyone in the family. And that package is now being expanded to other markets, as you mentioned. How has Viaplay been received in the new markets we've expanded to, considering it has such a strong you know, Nordic heritage? Do you think that, that translates well to other markets? Yes, I think, to be honest, as long as we offer a strong enough uh, pr- product and a strong enough package for the consumers, of course, we need to build the brand. Uh, we have been sort of building the bl- brand in the Nordics for a long time. And of, like, as always, you shouldn't underestimate the, the complexity of building a new brand. But the, the, it, is, it helps a lot that we have the strong sports rights, of course. That's sort of the entry ticket. And then we have to make sure that the, the rest is strong enough for consumers to enjoy. So I think when we go to the new markets now, most recently Poland, we've been received with a lot of interests. For me, because of course I'm closest to the creative market and sort of meeting with the the local creators, they're of course extremely excited about a new player entering um, their region, uh, creating more business uh, and maybe new perspectives. Uh, We want to tell the local stories, but with a viable angle. And that is in many cases a little bit new from what they've done before. And that's of course, if you're a creator, that is only good news. How important would you say is for Viaplay to have strong uh, local content in these markets it's expanding to? I think it's extremely important. Uh, We've learned this from the Nordics, uh, that uh, we know how important the local content is in the Nordics uh, and the content that we are producing ourselves. So that's also why we are focusing on producing local content in the new markets we go into as well. That is also kind of a little bit of a unique selling point for us compared to some of the others. We really prioritize local content and and also local content all across. Uh, We want to do scripted shows. We want to do unscripted shows. We also want to do documentaries locally in these markets. So it, it is very important. And in terms of the expansion, then you look at the likes of Netflix, Disney, they're very much going as fast as possible to expand to as many markets as they can. Whereas Viaplay, you guys are being a bit more selective, you know, rather than just saying, oh, we're going to launch throughout the entirety of Europe. You know, you're picking up a couple of markets here and there. 
What's really the kind of thought process behind that? No, but for us, of course, since we have a big difference uh, compared to the other uh, named uh, services, and that's, of course, sports. That is determining a lot where we go, uh, where we see great opportunities to uh, acquire and, and cover strong sports rights. That's, of course, an, a very important uh, part. And then again, the local production side. We want to be able to launch local shows relatively quickly. Um, and then, of course, it it requires a little bit more sort of, um, you know, research and work with locals on the ground, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's, uh, it is a completely different offering. And that is also why uh, we are maybe a little bit more selective on where we're going into. And as you mentioned as well, one major market you guys are expanding to is the US, which I believe there's not going to be any sports offering no. there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can explain. In the US, we're going actually in with a uh, with a different offering. So for our expansion territories, we have two separate sort of uh, offerings. Uh, the the first one, the, the broad offering, uh, is the sort of replica of Viaplay in the Nordics, where we have both uh, our own produced content as well as the sports, of course, and acquired content. That's the offering we have in the Nordics. That's the one we've entered Baltics and Poland with. That's also what we are going to have in the Netherlands. US, of course, completely different ball game. We're not going to have any sports. We're not going to have a lot of content from the US studios either. So there we are going with a very Nordic uh, focused product. It's sort of the best of Nordics, which means our own shows for sure, but also a lot of Nordic shows from other local players, a lot from the pubcasters, especially in the Nordics. So I guess, you know, the easiest way to explain our offering in the US it's like a Brit box, but with Nordic content. We joke about it as a Nord box sometimes, but that's kind of that is more uh, what the offering will be that like in the US. And I suppose for you as well, it's a, a kind of a part of your job is to show that there's more to Nordic content than just the noir. <laughs> yes, for sure. And there is so much, uh, but I think. We have so much strong content coming out from the Nordics right now. Uh, of course, the, this is a this has been a market where globals have really entered also and are producing a lot. So the, sort of the the market has been evolving uh, over a long time, and we can really see that in the quality of the shows that is now being produced. It's really sort of improving every year. And in the Nordics, it's a lot else than noir that is uh, that is working. Our best performing shows in in both Sweden and Norway are actually more sort of dramedies that are broad, strong shows. But even the shows that we do that are not crime kind of have a bit of a noir sort of flavor to it. So it depends on sort of how you define Nordic noir. I would argue that even a drama show can be noir because it's told in a different way compared to what if it was a sort of a, a US a glossy production. Our um, cast look good when they're supposed to look good, look shit when they're supposed to look shit. It's a little bit more real. Uh, and that, I would argue, is also a bit of a this sort of a noir uh, touch. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see. Our expectations is that when we go internationally, Nordic noir is still going to be the backbone. That is what's expected from us. And that's uh, what we have sort of already established. But I'm very much looking forward to also sort of um, expanding beyond also to the drama shows and especially the young adult genre. Because I think the young adult genre is... Uh, extremely strong from the Nordics. 
We have a very, and we've done such fantastic shows now recently uh, in this uh, genre. We did Delete Me in Norway uh, in, in spring, and we did Thunder in My Heart in Sweden, both super strong, fantastic shows. Just launched Class um, Apart in Sweden, and we're launching this uh, Threesome. So we have a lot of strong young adult shows coming out. Uh, and I think the Nordic ones are especially strong for a few reasons when it comes to the young adult genre. Uh, but arguably the most important one is that we actually have young people producing them and, and being involved in them. It's not sort of, a, you know, middle-aged people trying to figure out how the how the youngsters are, are feeling. They are in many cases created by super young talent, up-and-coming creators, or based on the same uh, methodology as with SCAM the Norwegian famous show, sort of in-depth interviews with young talents where you're really trying to understand what are their main sort of challenges uh, today. So I think that's, that's, of course, really cool because it's young shows reflecting young people's um, challenges, but also very much driven by uh, the young people themselves. And then I think the second part is I don't think the language barriers are as big for sort of the new generation. They're much more used to consuming content in different languages. So I guess that it's it's a smaller hurdle for young people to watch something in original language. I think they're much more open to watching, you know, whether we speak Swedish or Danish or, or Norwegian. So I'm extremely excited about taking our young adult shows out to the world. We also see a lot of interest for them uh, internationally, but we are kind of holding them for ourselves now until we are launching in the new markets. The last thing I really want to ask you, you've mentioned lots and lots of shows there, but what what are your favourites? What are you watching on Viaplay? And this is the hardest question of the morning. It's like making you choose your favourite children. <laughs> But exactly. But I have a few. But my, my favorite shows uh, is sort of uh, they all have one thing in common, and that is that they are completely passion driven. And and for me, I think that is uh, really what makes a show going from great to sort of excellent. Uh, we have seen it in all of our markets. So the first and probably my favorite is the Swedish show Love Me. It's a fantastic show, uh, created, directed and uh, main actress uh, the same uh, incredible woman this is such a strong show it was awarded best uh, drama show of the year in sweden last year it's now been sold to to be remade in in australia it is really really a strong show because josephine the creator she put her whole sort of heart and self into that show and you can tell it's really really strong show uh, we have a similar one in norway uh, called the uh, uh, perny and uh, it's the same. It's the, if one of the most famous Norwegian actresses. She's written the show herself. She's playing the real, uh, the main role, uh, but she's not actually uh, directing it. That's maybe the next step. <laughs> but uh, it is a similar, sort of a little bit lighter, extremely good show about sort of just general life challenges. Uh, so those two are the extremely top of my list. And then actually the the we have a movie upcoming this uh, this fall in Sweden that I am so much looking forward to. Um, and it is called Sweaty. It's a comedy about how it is to grow up as sort of a second generation in, immigrant in, in Sweden and all of the challenges that involves. And it is actually, I, I like the creator behind it is kind of writing about his own life, but in a comedy way. And uh, it's so much passion in that show. 
And that's sort of, you, you can tell from when we get the first pitch until now when we are in, in the launch, like the creator never stops. They kind of, they have thought about new things. They know how to do that. They never even want to hand over the show because it's never finished. And those kind of shows are, of course, extremely fun to work with. And you can tell that they they stand out. I can name a few more, but maybe that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we've got a good good flavor of what uh, Violet has to offer. In but the I can only... also, if I can just say one more, of course, I have to tell you my favorite Nordic Noir. And uh, there I have two Danish shows. One is the Those uh, uh, Who Kill. The second season we did, it's a, such a strong show because it's... Uh, it's a classic Nordic Noir, but uh, to a level I haven't seen before. So that one is exceptional. And then the one we're launching now, the second season of uh, Face to Face, because it's kind of taking Nordic Noir to a new level. It's only two actors in each episode. Every episode is just one interview. And uh, that is um, such an innovative way uh, of uh, telling uh, a story of course it's been extremely uh, helpful now in covid times that you only need to have two actors in the same place but it is such an innovative cool way that shows that you know nordic noir is still important but you can evolve and the third season we will actually produce uh, in london so it will be in english well you know you're making me uh, very envious that don't have fireplay over here because i just want to watch all of this stuff right, we will come soon i hope <laughs> I hope so too. Sorry, yeah, I thanks. have one thing that we haven't talked about actually, oh, yeah. but it's oh, really relevant. It. And that's, of course, another fantastic project that we have been uh, um, producing this spring here in Stockholm with Anna Friel as the main actress. Uh, and that has been a wonderful experience for us, of course, uh, to host her uh, here in Stockholm uh, in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, and it's also a really strong, cool show. Uh, it's kind of Nordic Noir, but it's completely international uh, it's not a word of swedish in it and it's a show that we are very much looking forward to so that's the show thank you very much to nent group chief content officer philippa valastam and thank you for listening tv watch is written produced and mixed by me with a head cold jonathan easton and Digital TV Europe's editor is Stuart Thompson. You can find me on Twitter at EastJohnEast or get in touch with me via email at jonathan.easton at informer.com. You can follow Digital TV Europe at Digital TV Europe on Twitter and at digitaltveurope.com where you can sign up for our daily newsletter that will keep you up to speed on all the latest goings on in the industry. And if you're new to the show and would like to be informed when the latest episodes are released, you can subscribe to TV Watch on your preferred podcast platform of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.